Welcome to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. When I first met today's guest, I knew instantly that we would be down for a long time. Winnie is a lifelong San Franciscan since immigrating here from Peru as a child. She's experienced the city through an interesting lens. My favorite is her start at City College, and you'll see why. For everyone listening, pretend you didn't see the name of the person that this episode is named after. And if you are in San Francisco or the Bay Area, let's see if you can uh, figure out how I'm about to intro this guest from the intro. Uh Uh-huh. If fuck around and find out was a person. Uh, The wonderful. The wonderous. Little lady that you better not think that just because she got some blonde highlights in her head that she's the one to try. No, ma'am. She will get you together. The one. The only. The mother of the San Francisco left. Winnie. Say what's up to the people, Winnie. Well, that's a little scary to live up to. (laughs) (laughs) Winnie, don't get bashful now. Everybody knows that you're a head buster. (laughs) Oh my goodness! How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Just little... making it through, making it through. Yeah, pandemic. just living for next Tuesday when I get my second That's shot. That's right, second shot. Yeah, second shot club. Yes. Yeah. Well, Winnie, I met you. I had the the pleasure of meeting you and getting to know you during the 2020 primary, and right away I was like, "Yeah, this is." <laughs> This is my people. <laughs> she gets me. She understands. She cuss like me. She get angry about the same things like me. <laughs> me and Winnie about to be friends. Uh, and then we've, our lives have only gotten more intertwined uh, with my my finally becoming a part of the San Francisco community and, and you know its various institutions. After the primary, through the summer, up until the current point, Winnie and I are on the e-board of SF Burning Crafts together. Can't say can't say enough good things about her, but and I know a tiny tiny bit of your backstory, but I am dying to get to know and understand how um, how a a political dragon. I don't know if that's even a reasonable thing to say. <laughs> how someone like you? How did you get to where? How did you get to? holding the place that you do in this community, not taking no shit from nobody, not playing no games. Like, how did Winnie become Winnie? Take me take me back to the beginning, which I think was in Peru, yes? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a lifetime of taking shit until I got to a point in my life where I'm like, I'm not taking it no more. Huh. Yeah, I was, let me see, I was about five years old when my mom and I came to the United States from what part from of Peru? Peru, Lima, Peru. Mm-hmm. My mom was a single mom. She was a legal secretary in Peru. Mm-hmm. 
But she had me out of wedlock. Ah. I'm a love child. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's why you got so much love to give. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think my mom realized that, you know, this was 1955, Mm -hmm. you know, because I just turned 70 last year. And and she looked good. She don't look a day (laughs) over 42. (laughs) And uh, she realized that there really wasn't much future for her Hmm. in Peru. Why? Because she was a a single mom with Mm. a child out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. And my mom looks, looked Latina, whereas I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, all of a sudden she was in a house that she rented in Peru and she was taking care of my grandmother, my uncle, my aunt, her three kids. Mm. She became the caretaker for the family and um, I think she started resenting it. Mm. How old was she when she had you? Was she very, very young? She, I'll never really know how old my mom was. Seriously? Yeah, because when she was born, like 1917, something like that, Mm -hmm. my grandfather, they lived in the country, and my grandfather in Peru took his sweet time registering her. Oh, I see. And the only reason I know is because when she turned old enough to get her social security, she was, my mother cursed. That's where I got it from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Only in Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, she was so pissed off because she had to wait like extra years Mm -hmm. to claim her social security because my grandfather had like... Dilly-dallied. Yeah. He had, it wasn't a big deal. I see. I see. Yeah. So I think she was born in 1917. I'm not sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Do yeah. what was your was your mother was she brought up in a, a very religious like community context? In no, Lima? not at all. Um, although you know she believed in God and all this and all that, but her her father was German. He was a German immigrant. Ah, and I would hear family stories like um, he had a whip with seven lashes, mm. one for each child. Mm-mm. If one kid did something and nobody told on him, then they would all get, they would all get beat. Yeah. And they'd also get beat in case they had the idea to do the same thing, Mm. you know, as a child that was, you know, so So very, very very strict, Uh lots of uh, corporal punishment. Mm -hmm. Um, They lived in the country. So she told me a story about one time she was running and her ear got caught on a nail and it ripped. Ah! And her father, like, just put him acro- put her across his lap and spanked her so she for- to distract her. Oh dear! And he just sewed her right up with uh, a needle and thread. Yeah, just yeah, sewed yeah, up yeah, her yeah, ear. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Oof. so good grief. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any waking memories of Peru? I have a few. I don't have that many. Um, I don't have a very good memory. I think it's all the pot that I spoke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I can't remember what I had what I had for dinner yesterday, you know, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. But I do have some memories because I lived in a house with my aunt, her three kids, my uncle who adored me, who he, I he was like my father figure, my grandma. I mean, I was surrounded by family and um my uncle lived in Buda and he would come down with an animal, you know, like once a month. And they, what do you mean with an animal? Well, he lived on the farm and so he'd bring an animal oh, and okay. I'd pay with, I'd play with the animal mm-hmm. and then it'd be on the table for me to eat. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I'm not really fond of meat. Sure. Like there's some traditional Peruvian dishes that I would miss mm-hmm. if I didn't eat meat. But mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, I have a little chicken here and there, but... 
I had I had to eat so many of my friends. <laughs> you know, and everybody lady. in my family didn't understand that. Mm. You know, that's why like people are just born different, huh? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. my cousin Carla, who's still alive and lives in San Francisco, she'd always sit next to me because she know she knew I was a picky eater and she knew I I she'd get on everything I didn't want to eat, she'd, she'd get it. That's right, because they weren't her friends on the table. Right, right. <laughs> sure. Animals were for eating. I had a pet chicken, and I remember coming home one day and couldn't find my chicken, and then there was chicken on the table. <laughs> and my grandmother went into this whole tirade that the crazy man that lived above us had killed the chicken, and what was she going to do? She wasn't going to throw it away. We had to eat it. Sure, sure. You, you know, like, so. Oh, right, I would yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. Do you did you did you ever know who your dad was? Was, was he? Latino? I did. Uh -huh. um, when I was eighteen, my aunt, who was living with us mm -hmm. at the time, got into a big old fight with my mom uh -oh. and told me, "Oh, your mom was a big whore," you know, blah blah blah. Which Her is not because she was jealous of your mother's like uh, sexual freedom know. and command. No, I don't think so. I think it was. She was just trying to be mean. She was mean. Okay. She was a mean aunt. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had I had grown, this is how dumb I was, right? <laughs> I had been brought, I, I was born in 1950, okay? Mm -hmm. And I had been brought up with a huge family that all knew who my father was. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I was the only one that didn't know. That's not, that doesn't make you dumb. That and happens. I, well, let me okay. explain. Mm -hmm. And so um, I I grew up thinking that Max Gensler, this German, mm -hmm. who was like the love of my mother's life, mm -hmm. had been my father. Mm -hmm. He died in World War II. Oh, dear. So if I'd <laughs> sat down and done the math. That can't be my daddy. Yeah. It was unless my mom was pregnant for five years. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Right. So um, oh my all of a sudden when I was 18, my aunt just yells this out to me. She's like, your father's alive. He's back east, you know, blah, 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 and all this and all that. And your mother this. And I, I was like in utter shock. Sure. And so when I turned 18, my then boyfriend, ex-husband, mm -hmm. and I drove to Massachusetts and we investigated and I found out about my father. He had been- uh, He was American? Mm-hmm. Oh, he was not Peruvian. No, he was not Peruvian. He was in Peru. Hence, oh. hence this hair oh, okay. and, you know, <laughs> and this skin. Mm -hmm. And uh, But my grandfather was German, so he had red hair and, and mm. all that too. Mm. But I found out through, I, I went to um, what the Congressional Library mm -hmm. in Washington, D.C., and I sat through microfiche. I don't know if yeah, you're- Yeah, I know what that is. Are you, you're not too- too young to not no, know. No, I'm not too okay. young to know. And yes. I went through all this microfiche and I found out that my father had been the editor, the labor editor for the Washington Post. Ah. So I think some of that stuff is just inherited. I was about to say, you got it on us. And I read articles about him, you know, marching with labor and, and hmm. doing articles on labor. And hmm. yeah. Oh, wow. Did you ever talk to your mom about it? Or she just didn't, she never wanted to talk about it. She. She didn't really want to talk about it. Okay. I think she was really hurt because um, he got kicked out of Peru. Oh. 
Mm. And my mom's like, well, he didn't get kicked out. Well, mom, he his visa was revoked and he was asked to leave. Yeah, I mean. You know, that's out. getting kicked yeah, out. That's okay, right. so she wanted me to more be more diplomatic the way I expressed it, right? But mm. he was studying journalism in, at the University of Lima. Ah. And he had gotten together with a few buddies and they had started this kind of, for those times, a leftist type paper. Sure. And in that paper, they'd been criticizing the Peruvian government. Mm. Oh, yeah. I and see, so he was just asked to leave. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was able to see some letters. My mom kept some letters. Mm-hmm. And I was able to read the letters and realize through the letters that it wasn't until he was back in the States, like two months later, that my mom realized she was pregnant. Oh, wow. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. And then came along the way. And he basically said to my mom, he says, you know, I'll find you a job. I'll find you a place to live. I'll bring you here to the United States and we'll see how our relationship goes. Mm-hmm. But I will fulfill my responsibilities as a father. Uh-huh. You won't want for anything. Sure. Neither will our child but we need to see if we're compatible yeah sure and for my mom who was big on pride mm-hmm. that wasn't good enough for her oh because so she, she either wanted to be married or nothing at all right i see I right see, I see. Uh, well you can imagine in the 50s yeah you yeah, know unwed she, mother yeah that's right she wants yeah. to be what, and what's she, the term an yeah. honest woman she should be made out of her she told me that she was really worried because his side of the his mother's side of the family had money and she was afraid that if she came to the United States, they would take me away from her. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So it was like, I'm going to stay and ha- on my home yeah. court advantage yeah. where I understand, you know, I don't, I yeah. probably don't appreciate the, the the snickering that goes on behind my back or the funny looks I get. But yeah. at least I know that my child will stay mine. Right. And I'll be close to family. Right. Okay. What was the impetus for her moving you both to the States at five? Well, when she had been married to my her first husband, Max, uh-huh. who had been a scientist, like mm-hmm. a German scientist. when After you were born? No, before. This is the guy that died in 45. Oh, 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 that you thought was your dad, right. but he died in World War II. Right. I got you. Okay, go ahead. So when she had been married to him, they had um, come to the United States because, oh, this is also complicated. He had been looking for political asylum. He was Peruvian. No, he was German. Max Gensler. Oh, I thought you meant he was like a... a, a I was confused. Okay, you're saying yeah. he was German, but he was in Peru. Yeah, he was in Peru. What brought him there? The war had brought him there because um, he didn't agree with what his country was doing. Mm-hmm. So he fled. As He fled to Peru and um, he was denied political asylum there. Okay. And he married my mother. Mm-hmm. And so then they came to the United States mm-hmm. seeking political asylum mm-hmm. he- here. Mm-hmm. And he was told that, yeah, we'll give you asylum, but we want you to help us build these bombs. Oh, shit. And he's like, no, I can't. I already left I, one fascist right, country. I can't I support yeah. what my country's doing, but I can't help you build the bombs that are going to kill my people. That's right. And so he was deported. And him and my mom ended up back, back in, in Germany. Oh, back in, oh. Yeah. D- at the end of the war? Towards the end of the war. Uh-huh. And um, while they were on the plane, my mother's fallopian tube burst. Jesus. Because she'd had an ectopic pre- pregnancy. pregnancy. Uh-huh. And so as soon as they landed in Germany, she was like taken off to the hospital. Yeah. Whoa. And... um 
he went to stay with his parents mm -hmm. and his brother, mm -hmm. and their house was bombed. While he was in it. Because he they was all in died. It? Whoa. So your mother was in the hospital mm -hmm. getting treated for her ectopic pregnancy that right. she experienced on Jesus God. Right. She had an ectopic pregnancy on the plane. As soon as they land in Germany, she's whisked off to a hospital to mm -hmm. get treated because that's a very serious thing. Right. He goes home to his parents' and brother's house, mm -hmm. but the house was bombed. It was an aerial bomb or it was a it was like a pipe bomb to I don't know. But they were all it was, killed. Yeah, I think it was an aerial bomb. I don't know. I really oh don't know. Because these are things that my mom didn't want to talk of about. Of course not. That's traumatic. You know? And so then she was stranded in Germany for two years. Wow. Yeah. Unable to log logistically get back to Peru or? Um, I don't really know. Um, I think some some of it had to do with money. He, you know, he he had a little bit of money. His parents had property or something. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't allow my mom access to it. Wow. And so I think she stayed to legally contest, contest it, you know, wow. or whatever. But um, yeah, her stories about Germany were pretty intense. Of course, especially yeah. during that time. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So she, did she, did she like rarely talk about Germany or like you had to pull it out of her? I had to pull it out of I her. I see, I see, I see. But Ooh. she really had no resentment towards the German people. Sure, she barely knew. I mean, yeah. she was married to a German. Yeah. She loved him. She didn't even have time to really get to know the German right. people. They saved her life in the hospital. And right. Now we're navigating my husband being murdered. Like, yeah. wow. Good grief. So eventually she made her way back to the United States. Seeking I mean, asylum. back to Peru. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying, how did she get you guys to the United States? So when I was five or six years old, um, she decided to come to the United States. When you guys moved to the States, you moved to San Francisco directly? No. When we took a ship, huh? we took a ship from Peru because my mom, I don't think, ever got on a plane. Never would have gotten. In her, on, in her, in whole, her life. whole life. She, she refused just... to get on a plane. Oh, wow. Damn. So we took like a cruise ship, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember little parts of it. I remember um, stopping in Cuba. Huh. Um, I remember the Panama Canal. Mm. Little, just little flashes yeah, yeah, of yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. And when we got here, she had decided she either wanted to live in Los Angeles, San Francisco, or New Orleans. Huh. Why? What about those three places? I don't know. I don't really know. Maybe her previous experiences, right? Mm -hmm. But we were in Louisiana for a little while and... She couldn't stand the heat. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's swampy. Yeah. And then we moved to L.A. We lived there for about a year. And I remember things like my mom walking me to school and we'd end up like on the freeway. Huh? Yeah, like it was so confusing for us. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yes, yes, and yes. I also remember crying all the time because the smog was so bad uh, uh, uh. you know and Ooh. so my mom eventually was like well screw this shit you yeah, know we're right. gonna try san francisco now okay. and we moved here when i was about six going mm -hmm. on seven mm -hmm. and we stayed what what area did you live in when you everywhere when we first got here we lived in one of those you know houses that um has like a hundred people in them yeah. and everybody's sharing the bathroom mm -hmm. and the kitchen and it was a nightmare Ooh. um that was on Van Ness, that like building. Like an SRO? Well, it was somebody renting out a house and making a lot of money off oh, of I see, it. I see, I see. You know, mm -hmm. and all, we were all immigrants there. Uh -huh. And uh, 
because my mom was a single mom. She was being, and my mom was really beautiful, mm, really mm-hmm. beautiful. So she was always being hit on and sure. stuff. So we stayed there for a few months. And I remember like sometimes like almost peeing my pants because I had to wait my turn to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, type yeah. Thing. Wow, yeah. wow. You know, and, um, and so from there we moved to um, Eddie and Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. We found an apartment there. Mm-hmm. And from then we stayed there a couple of years and then we moved over to Laguna and Eddie. Mm-hmm. And um, from there we moved to the hate. Mm-hmm. And then from the hate, we moved to the avenues. And when we got to the avenues, I thought we were rich. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. But now I realize we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> what What did your mom do for work when she first got here? Well, it was really kind of sad when you think about it, because in Peru, she had all this status. She was a legal secretary. Mm-hmm. Her boss loved her. He loved her so much that he actually visited us various mm. times when um, when we were living here. Uh-huh. El Señor Fajardo. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so she was a legal secretary, and because of the language and because of her lack of experience and all that, she became a, a filing clerk huh. for Hartford Insurance Company mm. in Old Chinatown. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that was yeah. that was not as prestigious and probably didn't pay as well as no, she was No, and it was frustrating for, sure. for her, sure. you know. Um, my mom was always a very proud woman. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So it was hard for her, but she'd say things to me like... It doesn't matter what your job is. If you clean toilets, you better be the best toilet cleaner in the world. That's right. That's right. That sounds like a mom, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Do you, when, do you, do you remember some of your, well, a different way to ask. How would you describe, in addition to like moving around from uh, neighborhood to neighborhood when you guys got here, how else would you describe your childhood um, in San Francisco? Like, what are some of the fond memories you have? I remember being really lonely hmm. because I went from this, you know, Latin America. It's like family, family. in the house. Family yeah. is number one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden it was me and my mom. And then I thought she ran into my stepfather, but now I realize they had planned it all. They had met in Peru. And he had come first. Uh-huh. He was like 10 years younger than her. Oh, okay. And he had come first. And then when we came, eventually they hooked up. Mm-hmm. Like when we moved to um, Eddie Street, that's where he popped into our lives. Mm-mm. And um, what was the question? Like, how would you describe your, your what are some of your childhood memories? And right. how would you describe your childhood? In yeah, Texas? so I was really lonely because I... You know, I hung out with my three cousins in Peru, and all of a sudden, I was all by myself. Mm. I couldn't speak English. Mm. The kids were really mean to me. Really? Because they didn't understand how somebody with white skin and red hair didn't speak English. Mm. Your hair, your hair used to be red? Oh, my God. It was like the Like Cam- ginger? It was like the Campbell Soup Seriously? Commercial. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like bright, fiery red mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So people didn't readily, like, assume that you were not just, like, right. white. No, I see, everybody I see, I see. thought I was white all mm. the time until, you know, they would open talk your mouth. to me. I see. Right. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Uh, so I remember being really lonely. We lived in a tiny little apartment and I had grown up like sleeping next to my mom. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm sleeping on, on the sofa bed mm-hmm. and they're in the bedroom. Mm. 
and it was a tiny little apartment. Sure. And I just remember crying myself to sleep because oh, no. I missed my grandma, I mm-hmm. missed my cousins, I missed everybody, and here I was all by myself, right. really. Because and not understanding why. No. Huh. Not under- why in the world did my mom bring me here? Right. Like, why would you leave? Yeah. Mm-mm. Did she ever try and explain that to you, or it was just like, listen, you coming with me, kid? Yeah. I see. Yeah, I see. My mom didn't believe that children had a voice. Sure, that's a that's yeah. how many parents operated. Yeah. Hmm. Do you? How long did it take for you to learn how to be conversant in English when you, you know, as a child when you were I here? I don't remember. I just remember being put in public school and coming home beat up all the time. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh no. Because we lived, you know, we lived in a um, in the in in the Tenderloin, in the Fillmore, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so she decided she was going to put me in Catholic school, uh, not for religious reasons, right. Just, but she thought I'd be more protected I there. See. So my first experience in Catholic school in San Francisco for first grade, I, I believe, was Morning Star School, which is no longer there. Mm-hmm. It was a Japanese school. Japanese Catholic or just Japanese? Japanese Catholic. Oh, Okay. Okay. I didn't know there was such a thing. And so here I I think it was Japanese. I don't think it was Chinese. I'm pretty sure it was Japanese, but I could be wrong Mm -hmm. um, because it no longer exists. And so here I was trying to learn English and all of a sudden I'm in a school Mm -hmm. where nobody's speaking English. Because everyone's speaking fluent Japanese? Japanese. Oh, good grief. Yeah. So that was had to be very that difficult. That was really, you know, and the kids were very cliquish and they didn't want to have anything to do with me. So I was miserable there. Sure. And then from there, she transferred me. Second grade, I went to St. Boniface, mm-hmm. which is on Golden Gate, like in the heart of the Tenderloin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, there I hooked up with my friend Marta Alvarado, mm-hmm. who I would love to run into someday. Mm. We were really good friends mm. for a few years. She, her family was from El Salvador. Mm. And so all of a sudden I had a friend I could talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Spanish. You know, we palled around together and nice. stuff. And then we moved. So then my mom transferred me to Cathedral Parish Elementary School, mm-hmm. which at that time was on golf and Eddie. Mm-hmm. It no longer exists. Mm. You know, and I stayed there until seventh grade until my mom decided one day out of the blue to move me to St. Monica's on 23rd and Geary Mm -hmm. without telling me. I found out the day before school started. Whoa. You know, and I had like my friends. Sure. Cathedral Parish was so integrated. Mm, mm. I was one of the few white-skinned kids in the whole school. Mm. You know, I grew up with Filipinos, with blacks, with all kinds of Latinos, mm-hmm. with Chinese. Mm-hmm. You name it mm, was in mm, that mm. school. And we were all tight. We were sure. all like really good friends. Oh, and okay. all of a sudden, here I was, you know, at St. Monica's where everybody had been friends since kindergarten. Mm. And nobody wanted to have nothing to do with me. Oh, goodness. You know? yeah. So another harsh change. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So... I don't, and plus, during all of this time, my stepfather is developing into a severe alcoholic. Oh, God. That had to be very difficult. It was horrible. Mm. It was just horrible. So I don't have, I don't have many memories of being a kid, and I think it's because I yeah, put yeah. it all to the side. Sure, sure, sure. You're and, to, uh, to protect you, your brain yeah. sometimes fragments things to, you know. It wasn't just... a very good time in my life, mm. I think. Good grief. Yeah. I'm so sorry. And on top of that, everybody's like, well, how come you speak funny you know (laughs) where did you learn spanish and you don't look peruvian i'm like oh my god right like give me constantly i mean people would even ask me for my driver's license when i was older to prove that i was 
And, you know, my driver's license isn't going to prove anything. Right. It's just my name and yeah. my address. Don't be a creep. People are so ignorant. People are very dumb. Yeah. How would you describe some of the biggest differences between the San Francisco you grew up in, kind of the composition of it, the rhythm of it? Like, what are some of the biggest differences between the San Francisco you grew up in versus now? My memories as a kid is that people were really friendly. Hmm. You couldn't walk down the street without people saying hi to you. Uh, uh, uh. My favorite memories are when I lived in the Fillmore. Mm. The Fillmore in the 50s was mm. very family-oriented. Huh. They were like, um, you know, some of my friends that were black, they lived with their aunts, their uncles, their grandparents. Mm -hmm. People would sit on the stoop at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you did anything, they'd tell on you. Yeah, that's right. You know? Um, it was a community. It was, it was, mm -hmm. it was a community. And then I remember my friends and I walking, you know, down Fillmore's, Fillmore Street and hearing jazz, Yeah, you know, and um, I was very naive. I didn't understand that there was such a thing as racism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It wasn't until I got to high school that I started realizing that people are separated by their skin color, mm. you know, because I grew up in this school where everybody mixed yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um the, I remember the streets being like really clean. Mm, mm, you mm. know, um if you did something wrong as a kid, people would tell you, "Hey, pick up pick that up." Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you, know, you better straighten or out. Or you're on the bus, they'd like, "Don't yell. There's other people on the mm -hmm, bus," you know? Mm -hmm. Um Yeah. Hmm. But then I lived in very integrated neighborhoods as a, a young child mm -hmm. because I'm realizing now that the racists were like out in the Richmond and mm. the Sunset and, mm. you know, Seacliff and, mm -hmm. you know, those areas. But I also remember um, North Beach being very Italian. Yeah. In fact, a few years ago, I went to the St. Peter's and Paul's Festival mm -hmm. to um, kind of relive my childhood. Mm -hmm. And all the food was Chinese. Huh. And it was weird because huh. when I was a kid, all the food there was, was Italian. Italian. Yeah, yeah, old school Italian. <laughs> yeah. As an adult, looking back now, how would you describe? How would you s describe you and your mother, and I guess your stepfather's, uh, like kind of class standing growing up? How would you describe that now, as an adult, looking back? And and is that the same as what you thought it was, or your concept of it as a child? Well. Pretty much all our family friends were um, Latinos. They were from Argentina or they're from Peru or they were from Mexico. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom used to get really annoyed when everybody called her Mexican because she, one of her pet peeves is that we were all lumped. As a child, did you think that everyone who was an immigrant or newly here like lived that, like you and your mom? Like did that, was that your perception at the time? Probably. Mm -hmm. I never questioned. Sure. You know, it was just like everybody's parents work and yeah, we all just try. I was a latchkey kid, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it, as soon as school was over, I was supposed to go straight home mm -hmm. and lock the door behind me. Yeah. No and dilly call dallying. the manager. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember her name. This little old lady. I would call the manager and I would tell her I'm home now. Mm -hmm. And then I wasn't too too dumb you know like i would take the phone off the hook yeah <laughs> and then go exploring the city sure because i knew my mom wouldn't be home till like six mm, I, I had one responsibility when i got home i had to make the rice ah that was my job and for then dinner when, every day for dinner and mm -hmm. then mom would like 
depending on how much money we had, we'd either have like rice with an avocado mm-hmm. or rice with a couple of uh, fried eggs mm-hmm. or she'd make a stew or, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. But the rice, I had rice every single day I of my it. life until I was like 18. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. So is you, would you say that the, the other, the, the immigrant community that you, that you grew up in here, would you describe that now as like, working class or middle class or i mean not that i, I don't even everybody know i knew or... was working okay yeah went men, men and women yeah okay yeah very different from what and we didn't live in a latino neighborhood mm-hmm. we lived in a mixed neighborhood mm-hmm. i didn't grow up in the mission mm-hmm. i hung out in the mission but i didn't grow up in mm-hmm. the mission mm-hmm. i see so it was very different okay um did you and would you describe sorry i just want to understand this better would you how would you compare the largely Latino, but mixed, Mm -hmm. the working class communities that you grew up in and around with like how you conceive of working class today, like what are the similarities and what are the dissimilarities? I don't remember Latinos having to work as hard. Mm. Um, When I was, uh, cause I'm a teacher. And so I know a lot about the families that I worked with and, um, as a teacher, I was like so heartbroken at how hard usually the father worked. Yeah. Like I've known, I knew families that worked like three jobs. The hey. father would work the three wow, jobs wow, and wow. he never got to spend time with his family. Yeah, sure, you know? sure. And um, when I was growing up, all the immigrant families that, that we knew, we had like parties and we got together. Mm-hmm. And there was time for recreation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like your life focused around... Work, work all the time. I see. Yeah. I see. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, you said previously that you didn't really have an understanding of racism as like a social phenomenon until yeah. high school. Des- describe for me your high school years and like what about that time brought that into relief? Well, when I, I went to presentation high school, mm-hmm. unless you grew up in the city, that probably means nothing. But, you know, I went to school with poor it was an all-girls high school. It was uh-huh. on Masonic and Turk, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the school was very economically diverse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went to school with the Aliotos. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. and there were very wealthy kids in the school, mm-hmm. and they were very poor kids. In fact, my mom couldn't afford to pay my tuition, so I worked at the um, the convent mm. answering phones. Mm. To, to the, help pay your way. Just, I paid my own tuition. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And and it was weird working with the nuns, you know, like I got to see how they lived, you know. I, what was I, weird about it? Well, I remember being fascinated one time when I went to the bathroom and I saw their clothes hanging on the laundromat, <laughs> on the la- on the on line. The line. Uh-huh. They wore bras. Yeah. <laughs> and that freaked you out? <laughs> I never thought of the nuns because, you know, they don't. Yeah, have busts yeah, they, yeah, yeah everything's flat right you're like nuns have boobs. and i saw this gigantic underwear you know because <laughs> they didn't wear the little bikini things you no. know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god That's and i just remember the convent being so quiet mm. you know mm-hmm. and they were praying all the time mm-hmm. you know and you're like what so, is this <laughs> yeah what about that time though helped you understand or get an idea of racism as a as something that is present? Well, um 
in the school, I didn't understand the segregation, you know, the cliques. I didn't understand that. Oh, the self-segregation of the Right, uh-huh. right. The the girls with money, mm. I presume, were mm. pretty mean. Mm. They were pretty mean, and they wouldn't hesitate to say things mm-hmm. to, like, put you down and stuff. But, you know, I hung out with, you know, the, the nerds, I guess, mm. you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, very mixed. I talked to a couple of friends from... Um, elementary school from from high school now and mm. we never really acknowledged that we were latinas huh because you were just kind of like i don't even why. know what like a couple of people i can think of that i'm still kind of in contact with it's <laughs> almost like they were they didn't want to be latinas hmm. they just wanted to be american they wanted to fit in oh, okay they wanted to fit in but it wasn't until um we had this place at the beach called playland mm-hmm. and they had what some people call riots out there mm. it was um during the civil rights movement oh, oh, and all uh-huh, that uh-huh. and that was really scary for me mm-hmm. because i had a really good friend that was black and she said to me you know we're good friends but if there's a race war i can't be friends with you seriously yeah well she had that she was that clear at that time about kind of what well she had meant. she had like friends that were black panthers and things oh wow. you know what i'm saying wow. so i was so damn naive mm. You know, and um, and I remember being really hurt by what she said. Sure. You know, it's like she was my buddy and she told me that if there was a race riot or a race war or whatever, I couldn't be friends with her anymore. And I didn't understand. You know, Janelle, I never fit in the Latino world mm. and I never fit in the white world. Mm-hmm. I never fit in the straight world mm-hmm. and I never fit in the gay world. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I always felt like I was misplaced. Huh. Well, tell you me know? what you mean by that. Because I guess because of my mixed heritage, I can see both sides of things, you know, and I always, you know, when I was with white people, I felt like I was always defending Latinos. Mm -hmm. And when I was with Latinos, I I was defending white people, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it wasn't until the Playland riots that I realized there's this thing called racism and people are judged by the color of their skin. And mm. my girlfriend, Patty, lived across the street from me in what we call projects, yeah. public yeah. housing, mm-hmm. right? And I would go visit her all the time. Mm-hmm. And I never thought of inviting her to my place because my place was boring. Mm-hmm. It was just me, my mom, and my stepdad, right. you know, where she lived in an apartment with, with, she had like six siblings, mm-hmm. you know. It was and, a fun time over and, there. It was fun, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and the family, like, they were very religious. I remember kneeling in the living room with them, praying the rosary. Mm. A very religious family. Mm-hmm. And um, one day, for some reason, I asked her to come to my apartment. Mm-hmm. And she said, girl, what's wrong with you? Hmm. You know I can't go in that building. Really? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. My mom's fine with you coming over. Yeah. She goes, no, I'm not white. I can't go in that building. Wow. This was on the corner of Eddie and Laguna. Huh. It was that stark at that time. Wow. Yeah. But yet I could go into her building. Sure, sure, sure. So that didn't make any sense to me. I see what you're saying. And you had, you know, and it was just, it was a pure innocence of just like, huh, yeah, you're my friend. I Why was very you naive, you know, because my mom didn't expose me to much. I see. You know? I see. 
Yeah. What was what was the situation? I've never heard of the Playland Riots. What were what is your understanding of what that was? It was a happened? huge amusement park. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know the history of how it happened, but um it was a place where kids hung out in the summer because mm-hmm. we didn't have anything to do. Yeah. But you had to have a little bit of money yeah. to go on the rides yeah, and yeah. stuff. So some of the kids got a little out of control mm-hmm. there and um it's it became a war zone. Hmm. It was like a, a racial riot. Is it there. because most of the children were black and the owner slash operator of Playland, like they didn't like having so many black kids there being, you know, kids? Well, I'm or... sure that was part of it. Plus, all these kids were just hanging out, not spending any money. Oh, I, guess. I see. I there see, was I a see. skating rink up the block, which is called the, was it the Family Dog? I can't remember, mm-hmm. but we it was a roller skating rink, mm-hmm. and um, I used to go there all the time with no problems, and all of a sudden, there was a lot of hostility thrown at me from black kids. Mm. Like, I remember uh, bumping into a girl, a, bla- a, a black girl, and um, she it was an accident. She mm-hmm. got pissed off at me, and she and her friends, like, surrounded me and beat me up. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 because they thought you were white. Yeah, and mm-hmm. because they thought I had like purposely run like into them, I don't her. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, disrespected her, you know. I so, like I said, I was really naive in those days, mm-hmm. you know. And then when I got to City College, then I was like, oh my God, there's the Chicano club and the this club and that club and mm-hmm. that, you know. And um, I was bewildered mm-hmm. at City College. So, okay, we're gonna we're so we're right there. So you so you get through high school where you I, I presume if you were born in 50 high school is you ending high school is when things are getting real hot in the streets 68 was the was, day I graduated the year I graduated so that's that was super hot mm-hmm. uh, uh RFK is murdered MLK is murdered mm-hmm. Kennedy was murdered when I was in eighth grade right I JFK yeah, but his little, his baby brother was right. murdered the year you graduated high school. Right, Malcolm he, X was. We heard about it when we were on our senior retreat. Uh huh. Yeah. So you're living through the tumult. So so t- tell me when you're in '68, the year that you're graduating, mm-hmm. and you're you're preparing to enter school. How are you understanding all of the wild ass events going on around you? I'm not. Okay. Your mother shielded you from them or it's just like, these are crazy things that are happening. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to look back and say, to look back. I remember I had a really good friend, Millie. Mm -hmm. She was Chinese Mm -hmm. and she lived in Chinatown. She grew up in, in San Francisco and she would come to my house but I wasn't allowed to go to her house. And hmm. she explained to me that her parents were very racist. Oh. And I was like, what? Hmm. I didn't understand why. Huh. You know? Oh, well. And all of a sudden, she wasn't, she just kind of disappeared out of my life. Oh, wow. I think her parents found out that we were hanging out together or something. And they did not like that. Yeah. Because you were not Chinese. No, I wasn't Chinese. I mean. <laughs> right. And that's I look stupid of me to say. Right, and I look white. Mm-hmm. But you usually know? that's like they don't mind the the white part. It's usually, I mean, black part can be 
a problem for them, but not. Yeah, but yeah. I think in those days, it was really people in Chinatown understood racism. Sure. Because that's the only place they could live. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? That's fair. That's my yeah. roommate. That's Suma. When you graduated high school, did you have like a plan for your college years? And did I you didn't know... know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> All I knew is I had to go to college because my mom said, you have to get yourself an education. Otherwise, you're going to marry a man that will beat you because you'll be dependent on him. Oof. Well, I mean, she, my, your mother had a pretty sound analysis. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I understand what she's yeah. saying. Huh? But mm-hmm. what I don't understand about her is why she did. Why did she think I had to get married? Because that was the time. I guess. Yeah. She's a product of her time. Yeah. That was just the expectation. And she didn't want you to have to go through what she went through. The, you know, the the the, the stigma of, you know, being an unwed mm-hmm. adult woman at that time was, you know, yeah. almost too much to bear. So she yeah. just wanted the best for you. Huh. Yeah. But you decided to stay in San Francisco to go to school. Did you yeah. want to leave? Or you wanted to stay close to I mama? didn't realize I had an option. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just thought my mom's here. I got to stay here. Right. That's my only family in the yeah. country. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you went yeah. to City College. I went to City College. And was bewildered by all of the different groups. Mm-hmm. Like- and the politics. And you know what? That's when I started learning about gay people. <laughs> I took this human sexuality class. Uh-huh. And I swear to God, <laughs> the professor showed us porn. Really? In the classroom. Like 70s I don't know how porn. he got away with this stuff. I saw guys sucking each other off. Really? On the screen. In college? Yes, at City College. What exactly was the point he was trying to bring home? <laughs> he was trying to explain to us that there was all kinds of sexuality. Oh, okay. So he just, he right. literally showed it to you. Right. And then our homework that night, uh-huh. believe it or not, was to go home and stand in front of a mirror mm-hmm. and say words like shit, fuck, cunt. <laughs> penis, all of these things to ourselves in the mirror. What was that supposed to help you or your human sexuality with? To get a, to, to help us get rid of our uptightness about sex. His I message, feel like your professor was trolling you guys, but go ahead. <laughs> this was the sexual revolution sure. in San Francisco. And was know? he queer? Looking back, was he gay? I have no idea. Okay. But he wanted yeah. you all to not be so uptight and right, Catholic. Right, right. And his class was so popular that it had to be- He was showing be... porn. Of course it yeah. was popular. It, it had to be in the auditorium. And sure. it was like so many of us, but I ran to that class. <laughs> but you did. <laughs> oh my God. You know, because he... I learned about lesbians. I learned about homosexuals. I learned about, um, what's the word? hermaphrodites Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know i learned i learned so much and yet let me go back to when i was living on eddie street with my mom Mm -hmm. my mom's good friend was a drag queen oh her name was melody okay and sometimes she was dressed like melody i don't remember what her male name was and Mm -hmm. sometimes she would come in dressed like a man Mm -hmm. and so for me i must have been about nine years old at the time Mm -hmm. I guess I just thought that was normal. Sure, sure. You know, and I love Melanie. Sure, she sure. was so much fun. Yeah. And um, of course, all her conversations with my mom were about how this man mistreated her and all this yeah, and mm-hmm. all that and what she had gone through. Sure. And, you know, and so I don't think I grew up, I grew up thinking that, rightly so, yeah. that homosexual is normal. Sure, sure. It wasn't like you a, know? like a, 
whoa. It right. wasn't like a huge revelation. To right. You, you just Drag maybe queens had a- are normal. Sure. You know, all of that stuff is normal. Mm. But I didn't associate sex with any of that stuff. Like, oh, it was a it was a standalone identity separate yes. from any sort of sexuality. Right. I see. I right. see. I see. So and then- so all of a sudden I get to City College. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about heterosex. Oh. And all of a sudden I'm oh. being bombarded with all kinds of sex. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> was your professor like narrating the porn or he was just like putting it in and just. No, he was narrating. Like, narrating. Now this is fellatio. Yeah. Like it was just. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the wildest porn that he narrated? I think watching men suck each other off was pretty because I thought at that time that's really disgusting. I see. I, I, it wasn't disgusting to me because it was two men. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'm never doing that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, to me, a penis was something you peed out of. Yeah, sure, sure. And sure. to put that in my mouth was like, <laughs> like Girl. that's really disgusting. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> See, I can't yeah. handle this. this is so hysterical. it was quite an education. But he did. Know? He would narrate these with a straight face, like clinically. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's like terrible that, 70s. What was like, that? Oomph, what was that huge study? That sex study that was done at that time. There, there was a name for it. We studied that whole thing. Huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't. I know what you're talking about. I can't yeah. call the name of it though. Kinsey. Oh, Kinsey. Kinsey. Something. Something. No, it was a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. They were partners and they studied human sexuality. And at that time, that was like. Cutting edge. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Did you, was, was City College the first time you had met a wide array of people or because of your integrated schooling experiences, you'd already been kind of introduced to a wide array of people. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you know, um, ethnically, racially, all that, Mm. I was constantly immersed in diversity okay but like i said i never really thought much about sex i mean i went to catholic high school yes where father lowry Mm. was he taught human sexuality to us and at that time i didn't question it but now i'm like what the hell what's a priest doing teaching us (laughs) human sexuality and he would say things to us like even when you're married, there are certain things that you cannot do. Okay. It's against God's will. And mm. we'd like, yeah, like what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Please tell me. And he'd never tell us. Right, of course. <laughs> of course. You know? You can't peek a child's interest that way. Yeah. That's funny. Were, did you, do you remember the, was this, a, you you starting at City College, was this around the time of like Summer of Love? Mm-hmm. Like oh, were yeah. you, were you, were you kind of aware of that? Were you Hell, kind I of, was smoking pot left and right. In the hate? Yeah, I mean, we would go... But wait, wait, you were smoking pot in the hay, but you still didn't know anything about sex? Weren't they just, like, fucking on the sidewalk? Oh, I started knowing about sex. (laughs) (laughs) My Mm ex-husband, I met him around that time. He was AWOL from Vietnam. Ah, wow. Okay. And so I hung out in the Presidio a lot, Mm -hmm. because that's where you went to buy your drugs. Oh, not the hay? The army base. Oh. Yeah. Because that's maybe where it was coming in Yeah, yeah. And, you know... We would get like those army jackets mm-hmm. for free and mm-hmm. those. Ar- it was really cool to wear army stuff, even yeah. though we were anti-war, which no. doesn't make any sense. No, it was subversive. Yeah. 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 Okay. And um, 
Yeah, I remember hanging out in the Hade on Sundays because we had nothing else to do and we would like end up sitting on the curb with people sharing a joint, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and then later on when I was working um, in the Castro, because I worked in the Castro for a few years, mm-hmm. I'd be in bars and there'd be lines of cocaine up and down the, the bar and people would really? be snorting cocaine. Just a rail on the... Yeah. Wow. Well, no, people were sharing it with each other. Oh, it wasn't okay. like open bar type yeah, thing. Yeah, right? okay. I gotcha. Yeah, but I remember doing lines of cocaine at mm. the bar. And was this still during your undergrad college years or like later in your 20s? Later. Was later. that the hardest thing you ever got into? Coke? Just because that was what people oh, were doing no. at the time. Oh, no. I think I've done just about everything. No. It's a wonder I'm alive. Seriously? Yeah. You... I remember one time we were dancing at the Trocadero. Mm-hmm. You probably never I heard of it, right? It was an after hours place. Grace Jones used to go oh, there. Oh, okay. Rock Hudson used to go there. Oh, I didn't gay. realize he was gay, right? <laughs> Nobody did. Yeah. Well, I mean, people well, didn't, they they, didn't talk about my it. My friends knew. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course. <laughs> and we found a baggie with white powder on the floor. Uh-huh. dancing uh-huh. we ran into the bathroom and snorted it you didn't know what it was what was it was it an upper who knows it was a good high oh okay well i mean yeah. shit <laughs> i have no idea what it was but we could have died yeah you could have i mean well it, but there was they didn't used to lace things super terrible back then i feel like no no it's not like today where yeah. you'd have to you oh, really yeah. have to be careful yeah the I mean, worst thing that happened to me was being at a party and drinking um, pouring myself some um, Coca-Cola mm-hmm. from this big bottle. And mm-hmm. then I started acting weird. And then my friends are like, you didn't drink that Coke, did you? And I'm like, yeah, well, that had acid in it. Why didn't, can we label these? And can we let people know so we don't accidentally dose ourselves? That, that's how the parties were in those days. Oh my God. Did you, did you super enjoy psychedelics during those days? Or was it, or were you mostly just like- I a- did when we went, when we were in nature. When oh, we okay. weren't in nature, mm-hmm. I was like all paranoid, sure. like, oh, the cops are going to get me, you sure. know, blah, blah. <laughs> but we used to take, we used to buy acid and go to Stinson Beach. Ah, and then we talked nice. to the rocks sure. <laughs> and talk to the trees <laughs> and stare at the sand. Oh, mercy. The sand was multicolored, of course. you know? Oh yeah. God. What, so were you when you went to City College? Were you still living at home with your mom, or you had your own apartment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Did was. She know you were doing all these drugs? Oh hell no! I made sure I cleaned it up before I got home. Okay, because she would have. She would not have. Oh, liked she would have beat me. Yeah, <laughs> she would say things like, "I brought you into this world, and, and I, I can take, take you, you out." out. That's Only right. In Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, can I ask you a question? Okay, so <clears throat> when you said that coming to City College and like seeing. Uh, and maybe my editorializing of this is incorrect, so please tell me if what I say doesn't sound right. But seeing kind of like the balkanization of all of these different groups while you were there and the politics of it, like what was your what was your understanding of the necessity for all of these kind of small targeted kind of groups for ascriptive identities? I started understanding racism and I started um, reading a lot. Mm-hmm. And I started going to like lectures and um, hanging out with people that were militant, mm-hmm. even though at that time they kind of scared me, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my friends were very multiracial, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that kind of was my introduction mm. into why 
we have to fight against racism. Hmm. But what what about those groups and in, in the militant people that you knew drove that home? Is what I'm trying to get at. Like how did like what was it about what you guys were discussing, the the politics you were engaging that like drove that home for you? Well, I remember <laughs> reading Paulo Freire. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedagogy of the, the Oppressed. oppressed. Yeah, that is like one of the top 10 books that changed me, ah. like really changed mm-hmm. me. And I started understanding how institutions like education hmm. fed the racism. Ah, uh-huh. And then when my friend Patty told me that she couldn't come into my apartment building, mm-hmm. I started understanding the whole redlining thing. Ah. And, and right now I'm <clears throat> reading The Color of Law. Uh-huh. Have you read it? I have not read it yet. You have to. Okay. Because it's pretty amazing the way um, discrimination, segregation was advocated by mm. our own government. Yeah, of course. It mm-hmm. It's pretty, I thought I was angry before, but mm. I'm really pissed reading this book. Now, mm. You know? And um, so was it that the and, getting- and here's something else. When I was in Catholic school, like in the ghetto, mm-hmm. when I was going to Cathedral Parish, mm-hmm. Everything just seemed normal to me. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved, when my mom moved me to St. Monica's, Mm -hmm. I was like, why are people so mean? Mm -hmm. Why are are they saying these things to me? Mm -hmm. It's like, I I began to understand classism. Ah. And I understood, I began to see favoritism because there was this one girl, she was such a bitch. (laughs) And she got away with murder mm. with the nuns. Mm. And then later on, I found out that every year her parents donated a car to the convent. Oh, wow. To the rectory. I see. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I started understanding how I had no voice because... I was poor. I was poor. Mm. And I, at St. Monica's is when I experienced like the Monday morning humiliation Mm. because the nuns would actually call out names Mm -hmm. and those people had to stand up. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that whose parents had contributed money the the day before the Sunday collection Uh, at mass. uh, And I was always sitting down. Sure. And it was humiliating. Wow. 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 Huh. And of course, everybody else that was sitting down was, were like people of color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And poor too. Yeah. Hmm. And my mom and I would go home and I would my mom would like, God damn it, isn't it enough that I'm paying tuition? Right. Why and do yes. I have to give them more money? That's you know, right. like they're supposed to be there to help people like us, not yeah. to exploit us. You yeah, know. So right. it was such a a, a a controversy, like because my mom would send me to Catholic schools, but then she trashed the nuns and the priests. Sure, sure. And I was like, "Why are you sending me?" That's here? right. A lot of she never there. went to send. She never went to mass, mm-hmm. but I did because the nuns had instilled in me that I was going to go to hell if right. I didn't go to mass. Right, right. right. And mm-hmm. I didn't understand like why is it so important that I go to Catholic school when some of my really fun friends are in public school? Yeah, right. Yeah. But yet my mom never. I mean, she went to mass at Christmas, at a baptism, sure. you special know. occasions, yeah, high holidays, yeah, Mm-mm-mm. you know. So I see. How long were you at City College, and did you transfer? To I like- was there forever. They actually kicked me out. What do you mean? Because I had too many units. Oh, I was so comfortable there uh-huh. because 
in all honesty, I went to San Francisco State after City College. Mm -hmm. I felt so nurtured at City College. Oh. My teachers really cared about me. Mm -hmm. You know, I could make appointments and talk to them. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, at, at San Francisco State, I was like, you all on my own. Ah, uh, I see, I see. You know? Did you... Did your did you, did you work your way through school? Did your mom help you? No, pay? I, no, nobody helped me. Okay, you had yeah. to you had to work had through to school, work. but you I, were able to you were able to. Work in those days, pay. anybody could find a job. Sure, you know it's like I did everything from um, cleaning houses mm -hmm. to being a, a dental assistant, mm -hmm. you know, to working uh, for Blue Shield. You know, every semester I pretty much had to like either adjust my work schedule or quit and find another job mm -hmm. to fit in with my school schedule. Mm. Do you remember how much your tuition was at City College per semester or per year? I think there was tuition. No? I think it was like you just had to pay some fees, like 30 bucks or something. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah. But it was affordable for you. Like you didn't have to, oh, yeah. you were able to sleep. Yeah. I mean, if you weren't, yeah. you know, up doing coke. Yeah. You were able to like sleep, go to school right. and work for, you know, your your, right. your And rents were like really cheap. I remember when I, when my husband and I, mm -hmm. well, he was my boyfriend at the time, we moved into the cutest little cottage on Cabrillo mm -hmm. Street. Mm -hmm. It was a hundred and... 40 bucks a month. Wow. And by, and at that time, that was affordable and reasonable. It was like 25% of, of our salaries. Okay. Every you know? month. Okay. So it was fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you didn't, so you transferred, well, not really. You got kicked out mm -hmm. because you were so comfortable and loved. What? So who were some of your, other than Mr. Sexual Professor, who mm -hmm. were some of your other favorite professors I, at I City did, College? I took art classes mm -hmm. and I had these very eccentric um, teachers that I presume are gay now, like mm -hmm. looking back on it, mm -hmm. I'm sure they were gay. Mm -hmm. And um, I took a lot of art classes. I One semester, or was it two semesters, I actually was in the criminology department because huh. I thought I was going to be a cop. Oh, whoa. Okay. And after one semester with those people, mm -hmm. that was it. Mm, you were like, I had enough. Not. Why they did were, you had enough? Why did you change your mind? They were assholes. Really? My colleagues were my the the students sure. in in the class mm -hmm. were like i w i was like one of two mm -hmm. young women mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they were jerks mm -hmm. they were sexist they were racist i remember the day that you know the class ahead of me got their little batons mm -hmm. and they were actually going around the the classroom or the hall or wherever we all were smacking the baton into their hands and i heard them say things like I'm gonna get me a nigger. Really? Yeah. Wow. And nope the the professors didn't like see a reason to be like, hey, that's not what we do here. It was like actually that is kind of what we do. That is so, what we do. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. By the time you transferred or were pushed out from C City College to transfer mm -hmm. to SF State, did you have a better idea then? I thought I was gonna be an artist. Okay. I really did. Okay. I was fully immersed in art classes. Mm -hmm. And I felt like at City College, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, at San Francisco State, it was almost like, okay, do your own thing. Huh. Like I used to say in those days, you could take a piece of shit, slap it on a canvas, <laughs> throw a little paint on it, and it would sell. <laughs> really? <laughs> whereas, whereas at City College, it was much more traditional because, you know, my philosophy as an artist mm -hmm. is that you have to you have to be able to do a lot of things sure. before you can choose your own style. Sure. And so, you know, being able to replicate a painting mm -hmm. to me was important. Sure. Whereas at, at San Francisco State, 
it just seemed to be whatever you want to do, mm. you know, and I needed instruction. Yeah. A little bit of structure. I needed help. What medium was your favorite as an artist? Then? Oils, because I like the smell. Yeah. <laughs> wonder you are as sharp as you are after yeah all really these well chemicals. i could maybe be sharper <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. that's funny how long did it take you to finish sf state um well i realized after a while that i wasn't going to be happy as an artist Why? because i talked to people that had graduated mm -hmm. and if i felt like they had to prostitute their art uh they couldn't do what they wanted to do. They mm -hmm. had to do exactly what their employer wanted. Mm -hmm. And after talking to a lot of my friends that had graduated and gotten jobs, I just realized, like, I'm only going to make money after I die. Uh, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. and so then I realized I need I need to think of something that, you know, and I'd always, like, when I was a kid, I would have lined up my, my stuffed animals and my dolls mm -hmm. and played school. Uh, uh -huh. And so I always had this... But I'd never thought I'd make a good teacher. Why? You know, I don't know. Because okay. nobody in my family was a teacher. I'd I see. like, you know, what is it? I, sir, I saw the other day, I saw a sign that said, if I can't see it, I can't be it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, which is about representation. Sure, right? sure, sure. And so you have to understand that I would shock myself when I would look in the mirror. What do you mean? I was white. Mm hmm. And all my relatives weren't white. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when I look in the mirror, I'm like, I didn't look like how I felt. Ah, I see. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Because yeah. you, you, you felt Latina. However I was the you... white sheep in the family. I see, I yeah. see, I see. But how did, that, how, did that, how did that affect your own self-image and how you went through the world? I never wanted to be white. In Peru, when I was a little girl living with my brown cousins, mm -hmm. believe it or not, mm -hmm. relatives would come visit us mm -hmm. and they'd bring me a present. I believe that. And they wouldn't bring them anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that created resentment. Of course. Which I didn't feel like I deserved it. Sure. You know? Sure. And um, even as a little kid, even though I didn't understand it, I knew that it wasn't right. It wasn't right. Mm. I didn't like the attention. Mm. I was like the trophy in the family. Because mm, you were it the It was lightest. like, look, our family can produce a white-skinned, red-haired child. Mm -hmm. I mean, but that's but race is a tricky thing in Latin America. So it is. It's, it's, it's very it's, different from here. Sure. In yeah. some ways. Yeah. Depending. But yeah. I, yes, to, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I had a sister. My sister was born when I was 11. To your, the stepdad? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And he was white or Peruvian? Peruvian, okay. but he looked white. Okay. You know. Um, Did she look more Latina than you? Like, was she browner? Than oh, you? yeah. Okay, okay. She would like bronze, like so beautifully. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd go to the beach and she'd be all bronze and I'd be full of blisters. No. <laughs> I'd be the kid in the pool with the white yeah. <laughs> shit on her nose. <laughs> You know, and the hat and the T-shirt, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and my mom yeah. would say things to my sister, like, don't go out in the sun. You're going to get dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, and I thought she looked beautiful That's and right. I didn't understand why that was a problem. That's right. And it's like, you know? and her shoulders aren't burning at night and mine are. Like, right. it's okay for her. But I didn't feel like I could ask my mom about it. Sure, sure, sure. No, and you, you know? and you, as a child, because you don't really have a context for these things you couldn't i mean you wouldn't even have the language for that as a child yeah, so right yeah, i understand what right. you're saying um so did you when you graduated from sf state mm -hmm. 
did you die? I graduated as a teacher. Okay. You graduated as a teacher and you went yeah. directly into the profession. Yeah. Okay. Well, before, before we get into your years as a teacher, where were you political in college? Like both, both city college and SF state, like describe your, your, your political understanding or your ideological understanding at the time, I know that's difficult because looking back, it's like, mm -hmm. how do you even, but how do you think you understood things politically or ideologically at that time? I was trying to understand it. I remember during the riots at, at San Francisco State mm -hmm. because of the whole ethnic studies mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. I remember standing watching the tax squad mm -hmm. coming at us. Huh. You were and part I of was, the protest? No. Oh, okay. I was just a bystander just watching it. Mm -hmm. I was with my friend Joan and, and my boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And we were just standing there. And all of a sudden, the tax squad came at us. Huh. And if Dave had not, like, pulled me and Joan, mm -hmm. we probably would have been hit by those sticks. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I mean, they were just, like, walking through and they were just swinging and whatever they hit, they mm, hit. Mm, mm. And I remember just being really like, like, why would they want to hurt us? Uh -huh. I wasn't doing anything. Right. I wasn't bothering anybody. Yeah. yeah. And that's when um, I remember hearing Angela Davis speaking. Ah, at SF State. Mm -hmm. And I remember being kind of scared, but mm. at the same time, totally admiring her. Do you, at this point, when you heard her speak, was this before or after the trial? I don't remember. Okay. Do you remember what she was saying? Like what the speech was on or the teaching was about? Basically racism and how we had to stand up. And, okay. You know? Hmm. Yeah. I don't remember her words. I just remember how I was like in awe of her. Ah. ah. I just thought this woman, it's like, what guts? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Because I remember I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school. My Latino mom would always say things to me like, shut up. Somebody's going to put a bullet through your head. Oh, you know? God. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, she just stuff. wanted me to get married, have children, mm -hmm. and live a peaceful life. I see. Because I see. she had seen so much sure. in Peru. Sure. And know? in Germany, I mean, for yeah, that matter. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you, you graduated a teacher. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about what came next. Okay, when I graduated a teacher, there were no jobs because it was like... The recession? No, it was... There had been a huge strike in San Francisco. Tell me about Something that. Something like 2,000 teachers had been laid off. For why? Budget constraints? Budgets. Uh -huh. Prop 13. Mm, explain to people what that is. That took money away from education. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how to explain it. It's like was that the was that the one related? Is Prop Thirteen the one related to freezing property tax rates in mm -hmm. Cal? Okay, mm -hmm. okay, I see what you're saying. It's, it's schools are basically funded through property taxes in in California, right? So when Prop Thirteen passed, you know, um, if my mom voted for Prop Thirteen, did she own a house at that point? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And uh, she didn't understand. I, I was learning about it, and I was, like, trying to explain to my mom, yeah, you're going to save money on property taxes, but they're going to get you in other ways. Right. You're not going to save money. Yeah, that's you right. You know, but she she wouldn't hear of it. How how do you, I didn't, I meant to ask you this before. How do you, how do you, how would you describe your mom's politics growing up when you guys were, after you guys had gotten here? 
I think she bought into a lot of the oppression. Uh-huh. How, what do you mean when you say that? I think she bought into like people are poor because they're lazy. My mom was very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so she was privileged because of her beauty, mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. And she also was like olive complected, but she wasn't brown. I see what you're saying. So she looked exotic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she felt that everything she had, she had earned. Ah. Mm -hmm. And she really believed in like, well, her father was German. Uh -huh. You know, she really believed in the work ethic. Mm -hmm. And she really believed that everybody had a chance in the United States. Oh, okay. She, she, had, she had internalized that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And did you... Did and she time? didn't believe in the mixing of the races. Even though she was part German, part Peruvian? Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Why did... And she, she considered... Your daddy I, was white. I know. She thought... She thought she was white. Oh. Oh, sh that's how she conceived... Mm -hmm. I think... I mean, I can't speak for my mother. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. She wanted me to marry some white guy. And oh, I married a Jew. Jew. Yeah. She didn't like that. <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen to a professor today if they tried teaching with porn? <laughs> there isn't enough tenure in the world. <laughs> Homie would be perma-canceled. Anyway, anyway, find your way back here tomorrow for why Winnie left the Catholic Church and how and why she became political as a teacher.